Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi everybody and welcome to a uh, bonus episode of Wild Wild Podcast and I'm very pleased to introduce you to Elia Ferrelli who is the uh, managing director I suppose I could say. Yeah, of a company. managing director, yeah I would yeah. say. Hello all, hello everybody. Okay. So, you, uh, so you run a company called Malombra Films and you've recently launched um, a campaign to restore um a film which we're an italian film which we can talk about more in a minute and you've got other films lined up it would seem so there's quite a few things i'd love to talk yeah. to you about um but i suppose my first question well first thing i'd like to ask you is can you tell me a little bit about malombra films what is that how where does the name come from is it connected to the 1942 movie um, yeah, so um, Malombra Films, first of all, started as uh, a university project. Uh, I'm a University of Bristol graduate, and uh, uh, for uh, my last year of studies, my master, uh, my project was centered around the distribution of genre films, um, mm. because uh, above all the kind of films of the past, uh, genre films are the ones that are getting um, more interest out of people, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's curious because if you see this kind of films are those films that did probably quite poorly <laughs> when uh, they were released in the first place. And, uh, and now they're getting people and, and, you know, they're getting an interest that they didn't have back then. Um, so that was the topic of my discussion. And, uh, um, being Italian myself, I said, uh, look, Elia, there's a lot of people that are interested in Italian films. There's a lot of wonderful Italian genre films that are not celebrated in my country, first of all, but um, they are liked and rediscovered in other countries like the UK, especially. Uh, so Malumbra Films started with that. It started like an idea of taking those films uh, back to their public. And uh, our mission is to find films that have never been uh, restored 
before. So all the restoration we will make in the future and all the releases that we will release in 4K, hopefully, um, are, you know, world premiere films. Uh, they've, mm. they've not have not been restored digitally uh, beforehand. Mm -hmm. So difficult task, but uh, I would say not impossible. It's uh, it's quite challenging, and that's why I found it intriguing. That's why I like it. And uh, the name Malombra, um, that's another thing. It's not a lot to do with um, film, uh, but it's more to do with the book. Um, Malombra is uh, a 19... Uh, century Italian book uh, by Antonio Fogazzaro, um, which just to me I would say, because no one else would say this, probably not even a you know no critic would say this, but I find it a genre book. Mm. Um, to me, it's the first Gothic that landed in Italy, um, and I loved it. I grew up with it, and I grew up with this uh, version of the book of the seventies. Uh, with this creepy picture of a lady in white. And um, so it was a name that, you know, stuck with me for a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, when I was making something you had to do with genre filmmaking, I said, you know, my biggest inspiration uh, since I was a child, let's call it Malombra. <laughs> Fair enough. And so the selection, I'm, I'm obviously, as you mentioned, um, Italian cult cinema has probably never been more popular than it is now and sort of restoring and finding films. And there are hundred, you know, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, uh, of movies that were made, in the, especially the 60s and 70s. It was a really prolific period in Italy, and especially for genre film. So how, first of all, how, do you how have you decided which films that you wanted to go with first? How, and then I suppose, how do you find the rights? How do you find the elements um, to films? If I could mention, so on your website, you have three movies that you, uh, you've mentioned that you want to, to, to bring back. One is um, a film called The Sex of Angels, um, which is what your current uh, funding uh, campaign is about. You've also got one called The Vampire of the Opera, and one that perhaps most people will be familiar with, which is the Mario Bava Western, The Road to Fort Alamo. So how did you settle on those three to get things started? So um, they are three completely different films uh, made in an eight-year span from one another, really. Um, the idea behind it is that uh, to make Malombra more interesting than other brands, uh, what I like to do is uh, divide it in volumes. And uh, um, what a volume is, uh, is a selection of films. Uh, they can vary in number, but they explore a theme, a time or a filmmaker. Uh, this the, the topic of this uh, first releases really is exploring Italy in the 60s and mm. uh, especially genre filmmaking in Italy in the 1960s. So I wanted to choose films that are completely different from one another. Um, as you said, um, The Sex of Angels is uh, an erotic film, it's a thriller film. Uh, it's kind of uh, a proto-giallo film. Um, then there's a Western, there's a, a spaghetti Western. And, uh, and then you go down to the horror uh, route with uh, the Renato Pulselli film. 
so I I chose three films. And, you know, initially the idea was, uh, oh, let's focus on horror, let's focus on Western, or let's focus on the erotic. And uh, um, those three films were in my mind all along because mm. I... Um, I, I knew their potential. I knew uh, how much people want to see them again because there's a, you know, Mari Baba is a, a world-renowned filmmaker nowadays. Uh, so a, a film, a Mari Baba film, newly restored, it's uh, it's always a good idea. <laughs> and uh, Renato Pulselli, um, his films were quite successful in the recent years as well. Um, mm-hmm. but especially the first release, and that's why I chose it to be the first, The Sex of Angels, is because I love, I have this, um, this, yeah, this, this particular love for filmmakers that are not well known, uh, for people that had, uh, uh, a lot to say, and they said it really well, uh, like in The Sex of Angels, I think is a beautiful film. Uh, and other liberatory films, I think, are really, really nice films. Um, but they never got that uh, interest out of audiences like Mario Baba or Renato Porcelli did. Um, so, yeah, this this is the reason why The Sex of Angels is the first release, I'd say. Um, I'm going to try to explore more the topic, probably, uh, in the near future with uh, uh, some creator. So some people uh, that can talk about the 60s in Italy, the time of change that Italy is going through, mm. uh, the filmmaking industry in Italy at the time, um, which it's it started to flourish. Uh, and then it, it, had, it culminates in the early 70s with the Giallo cinema. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I wanted to explore the theme especially. That's, that's why those three. How does one find the rights holders for these films that are more than 50 years old now? And then how do you find film elements and, you know, like the practical side of it? How does it work? So um, it is a long process. It's a very long process. Um, It's a process that entails a lot of waiting, a lot of trying and trying and keep trying over and over. Um, what I do uh, mostly, it's uh, I'm a f- aficionado of uh, uh, Italian archives. <laughs> so every time I can find an archive, I look up what they have. Um, especially things that I'm not supposed to look at, really, because uh, there's a lot of films that have been even um, forgotten by their own owners most of the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> uh, so this was not the case actually with those three films um, because I I contacted the, the copywriters uh, from Rome I'm still in contact with them for future re- releases as well um, uh, they had all the negatives in place so we are restoring all from original negatives uh, which is great uh, they are, are beautifully preserved um, another thing that I I I like to say, yeah, they've, they've been taken care of uh, mm. in all those years. And they are part of this private library, really, um, that uh, belong to a family from Rome, uh, a family of lawyers from Rome, uh, who have the passion of filmmaking. Uh, so, uh, you know, with their background in law and in rights and in distribution, along the years from the 50s to 
the 80s, they acquired a few titles, a bunch of titles that are really interesting. Mm. Um, I met those people really randomly while working as a filmmaker. Um, I'm a filmmaker most of the time, let's say. Okay. And in my spare time, I, I deal with Malombra because my, my passion is to, to bring those films back to life. And, um, you know, when I found out that they had those titles, I was very excited. And, uh, and that was it. And that was the choice made. Um, very suddenly, very quickly. And uh, I didn't hesitate for a minute. And I'm pretty happy I did. Mm. So how do you go about um, actually getting these negatives uh, scanned and restored? Are you doing this through, is it Bologna? Uh, no, I'm not going through Bologna. I'm going through uh, Cinecitta Studios in Rome. Okay. Um, because I I worked with them in the past uh, as an assistant producer, oh, um, nice. and uh, for some some minor films. But um, I've seen their laboratories before, and uh, I've seen the care and the patience that uh, they take in doing their work. So. Uh, also, uh, another thing I would say, because the uh, negatives were stored in Rome, uh, it was an easier thing to do. Mm. Uh, I, I do not uh, tend to, uh, and I do not like really transporting original negatives. Mm. Um, when I can, I, I try to do things in one place. Um, mm. So it's going to be done through um, their facilities. Uh, there are experts there. Uh, there are going to be four people working on each film. Um, and uh, how the process works, basically, is that the original negative is taken. It's washed in chemicals to remove all the uh, bacteria and all the dust particles on it. And then it's scanned digitally uh, in 4K. And, um, and the, the last part is basically a color correction, uh, which happens digitally. Uh, mm. and a sound mixing, a final sound mixing um, to check if there's any um, mistake or error or any uh, bit that is missing, uh, that has mm. gone missing through the years. Um, I've seen all the negatives. Um, I'm pretty excited, especially for the Maribaba film, The Road to Fort Alamo, because um, um, you can clearly see that the negatives are old, uh, the boxes containing the negatives are old. Everything was old where I found it. Um, you can smell the metal. You can smell mm. the, you know, the chemicals uh, of the negatives. Uh, and it was quite exciting because, you know, I'm a huge Mario Bava fan. I thought, oh, maybe Mario touched those. Uh, and uh, yeah. and that, that for me was an experience. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm also trying to work with uh, uh, Lamberto Bava. Oh, Mario great. Baba's son, yeah. uh, to make sure that uh, the final uh, restoration of the Road to Fodalamo is 100% like the original, mm. uh, not censored and uh, with all the scenes on their own place because um, it wasn't a film, it's not a film that is particularly famous of his really, but um, it's interesting to see it as like uh, an autor like Mario Baba explores western which is mm -hmm. something that he doesn't usually do it's not a sergio leone or a sergio carbucci uh, there's um there's a lot of interesting things in that film especially mm -hmm. for um sorry I'm, I'm going off track here but no, okay. i 
I love the use of light in that film because it's typical uh, of Mario Baba using this uh, quite unnatural light, uh, natural lighting on the set. And it's kind of weird to think that a Western set is all in open air. It's uh, it's not, uh, and uh, he he manages to do that mm. uh, even with a set that is not the Gothic manner. Uh, the house of you know shock or um, kill baby kill. There's, yeah. it's 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 very interesting, uh, especially for a Mario Bava fan. I think they mm. they will enjoy it a lot. And obviously, um, with Bava's westerns, they tend to get talked down, and I think some of that comes from Tim Lucas's book on Bava. They're kind of downplayed as you know, oh Mario Bava couldn't really do westerns. And I'm I'm currently reading a new book on Bava by an academic called Leon Hunt, who um, who we actually we interviewed on our other podcast, and he's talking about the westerns in there as well. And I'm, I'm and again they're just they're not generally talked about in particularly glow, glowing terms in relation to Bava's other films. But I wonder whether partly that's because people haven't been able to see them very well over the years they've had these quite cheap dvd releases and so on so hopefully a full restoration as you've been saying will allow people to see these films as they're supposed to be seen and gain a more sort of full appreciation for what baba was doing definitely um because as you know baba is about atmosphere most Mm -hmm. of it most of all really above it's atmosphere above plots above performances above everything um, and uh, uh, I would say that a Mariba film needs to be restored to be enjoyed. Um, I cannot think of watching uh, a BHS copy mm-hmm. of uh, uh, Blood and Black Lace and enjoy mm-hmm. it as much as uh, a Blu-ray or 4K copy. Uh, yeah. It's something different. So uh, what do you say is absolutely right. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope people are going to enjoy it as much as I did because I, myself, I, I love Maribaba gothic films and horror films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not, um, I was quite surprised actually when I watched The Road to Fort Alamo the first time because um, it's very entertaining, uh, very entertaining. And uh, I think the action sequences um, are really well done. Uh, especially for the era. We're talking about um, 1964. Um, and uh, if you compare it to other Spaghetti Western at the same time, I think there is uh, a much more um, cleverer use of uh, the, the physicality of the performances and uh, uh, the atmosphere, as we said. And, mm. uh, you know, it's it's... It's more all-round than other Spaghetti Western I've seen of that time. Uh, and, yeah, I hope people can rediscover the Bava Western. Road to Fort Alamo. Cards could hold the balance between a fortune and sudden death. What have you got that handkerchief out for, mister? What do you think it's for? An ace, maybe. Listen to this, you saddle tramp. No one's ever accused Mr. Silver of cheating, and if someone had, he wouldn't be alive to talk about it. I'll give you one minute to get out of here, to mount up and ride out of town. I suggest you not show your face in these parts again. You might end up worse off. Luckily for you, my doctor forbid me to do any killer today. 
Go on, get out. With these men came a new kind of law, where when tempers ran high, a man's life depended on how fast he could draw. Or how fast he could throw a knife. An unforgettable story of courage and love, which will grip your imagination. The Road to Fort Alamo. A stirring saga of adventure from the Old West. As an isolated group of white men, trapped by an overwhelming horde of savage Indians, fight desperately to the last man. The Road to Fort Alamo. Where one man struggles with his conscience and is betrayed by greed and the prospect of easy money. Lieutenant's uniform's gone to your head. We'll divide it when and how I decide. Listen to this, you murderer. I would prefer you to cut off my right arm up to here rather than split the money when you decide. <laughs> Bud! You bunch of yellow belly! Bud! film, one you will not want to miss. Relive with all the danger and breathtaking excitement of the Old West. The Road to Fort Alamo. So let's talk about uh, The Sex of Angels, which is your, your current... Um, fundraising campaign is, is towards that restoration so this was a film that i was not aware of at all and i imagine a lot of people have perhaps not really come across this one before so can you you know sell it to sell it to us tell us about the sex of angels and why we should want to see it so uh <laughs> why uh you should want you should uh see the sex of angels there's a lot of reasons i would say uh um I start from the boring bit of the Sex of okay. Angel, and that's why I find it so interesting, is that it's a 1968 film. And mm. 1968 is a year that changed everything. Um, and uh, what the Sex of Angel is about is about this everything. So uh, there's a change of uh, um, the way people see uh, femininity and the way people see women in society. And... Uh, Three women are the protagonists of this film. Um, there's uh, is the year of sexual liberation, and uh, this film is about sexuality quite a lot. Mm. Um, it doesn't go too much into the tinto brass like um, details of it, uh, but it's very uh, it's very classy. It's very well done. And it's an erotic film with uh, a very classy touch. Mm. Um, and it's also uh, about drugs, because uh, that's what the 1968 movement is also about. Uh, it's about LSD, it's about the change of uh, perception, uh, a change of uh, uh, you know, people that want to see things differently, they want to see the world differently. And um, because of all these reasons, I think... The Sex of Angel encapsulates uh, this era, this movement of sexual liberation 
into an hour and a half. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's marvelous for that because all those elements are together. Uh, in a very interesting story, um, I love the dialogue of the film. I think it's amazingly written. Um, the director, uh, he has done wonderful works and uh, he's not given credit for a lot of his films. And I recommend people to go and check him out because um, mm. he was a really great guy. This uh, is um, Ugo Liberatore. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's uh, it's interesting as well because uh, if you com- if you take the Sex of Angels, uh, it's not a standalone film really. Uh, there's another film called Bora Bora that he made in the same year, so it's 1968, uh, which goes very close with the topic of the Sex of Angels. So we're talking about women. We're talking about. Um, not the Mediterranean in case of Bora Bora, but other part of uh, of the world, you know, uh, by the sea, there's this uh, sexual tension between characters. Um, there's this um, the story that becomes mm, almost a thriller uh, by the end of it. Um, there's this change of genre uh, in both films. And, uh, you know, they're a pair of films. And I would like, this, this is what I um, I want to say also on my, on my social media, I would like to bring Bora Bora back as well okay. uh, when I find it. Uh, this is the, the problem. When I find it, I'd like, mm-hmm. to, I'd like to bring this film back. Um, no, but uh, for, for everyone, it's a wonderful film. It's a really a lost gem. Um, there's a lot of the typical kind of exploitation-like uh, elements in it. So, of course, there's uh, drug use, uh, nudity, um, and uh, and all the colorful scenes that one would expect from that era in that kind of film. But it's very touching. It's moving. Um, it's cleverly written. It's well acted. And uh, it's something that it's worth rediscovering. Hmm. Um, another thing that I want to say about Malombra is that we are going through a lot of different films um, that have not been uh, digitally restored um, in high definition. And uh, we go through a very lengthy process of selection. So we're trying to bring the best films of the non undiscovered one. Sex of Angels, is this your first um, sort of fundraising, uh, crowd, you know, crowdsourcing title, or have you done this before and I, I just missed it? 
No, this is the first title I am uh, fundraising. Okay. Uh, is the first title of the of our uh, company as well. Right. Um, so, so, so why why this one first, other than, rather than something like the Barber film, which is perhaps better known? I wanted to test the audience. I wanted <laughs> to see. Um, I wanted to see really uh, what they think of the importance of lost films, and uh, a lot of people are online with me. They they think that it's worth bringing those back and it's worth even pushing the boundaries a bit and getting to that zone that may seem uncomfortable at first, but at the same time, you're trying something new. You're trying something that you don't know what to expect. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we hope to bring the best of this unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why mainly I, I want to do a title that people never heard, <laughs> never heard of before. Mm. And uh, it went really well. I would say out of the three films, uh, which is the film with the uh, lesser known director, is the one that got the most interest out of uh, out of the audience, um, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty happy about. Mm. And so if uh, when this one is is completed, is um, is the Road to Fort Alamo going to be your next film or will it be the... Um... Uh, the, the vampire, vampire of the opera. The, opera. Uh, the road to Fort Alamo is going to go next. Okay. Um, I am working right now because all the, let's say, all the graphics, uh, all the designs, all the Blu-rays, the posters, and um, the digital graphic for the Sex of Angels are complete. Uh, we're going to go through restoration very soon, and it's going to be ready fairly soon. Um, and uh, I'm now working on everything that is the the graphic part of uh, uh, the road to Fort Alamo. Uh, so it's going to be our next release. Uh, we're still going to do a, um, a crowdfunding campaign uh, for this, and uh, there's going to be a campaign for each of the three films. Okay. Um, this will give people the chance of getting you know the limited edition of each one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a good way also to test the waters and and see uh, what people think of them, uh, how people receive them. Um, yeah, it's a it, it, it's a good idea for me to start like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably not going to do crowdfunding campaign for the uh, new features after those three. Okay, uh, but I, I like people to take participation, especially into mm. into the, our first steps in the business. Yeah. So you're, I'm not sure if I mentioned this at the beginning, but your company is uh, comes out of Bristol. Like you mentioned, you're at Bristol Uni. You're currently uh, based in Lake Garda. I think you said you moved between the two, yeah. which is which is it's fun. So w- with these releases, um, are they going to be aimed at... Um, like what sort of territory are you releasing them in? Are these English-friendly releases with English on the covers or are they being released in Italy and then people have to uh, import them? The, the territory we are going to deal with is the UK. Uh, so this is going to be the place uh, for our releases. But I have to say for everyone that is listening to us from other countries, uh, the crowdfunding campaign are a way of getting it wherever you are. Mm. Uh, because uh, just for the crowdfunding, the limited editions are available worldwide. 
Um, so this is worth mentioning. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, after that, the official releases are going to be available uh, for the UK only. And uh, we hope to see that interest in the UK um, from our audience that is going to you know, open up new territories. Mm -hmm. uh, we're thinking about Italy and the US uh, next. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, for the moment, the UK. Right, that's great. Um, so we haven't mentioned other than the name. Do you want to tell me a little bit about The Vampire of the Opera? You've got a, a teaser trailer, and I'll put the links to all these in the show notes, but you've got a teaser trailer on your site, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, um, it's a really striking-looking film. It reminds me of other films from around that time, like The Vampire and The Ballerina uh, and that, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about that movie and why you yeah. like it. So, um, <laughs> the vampire of the opera, or the monster of the opera, or mm. uh, the orgy of the vampire, there's a lot of titles. As, of course. Uh, it happens <laughs> quite a lot yeah, with those it films. Um, it's interesting. It's a very interesting film because it's, uh, it's Italian, but it's very American looking. Okay. Uh, which I find really interesting. Uh, there's a lot of films of that time. It's set in Italy with Italian actors who have Italian names or playing Italian characters. But there's kind of an American feeling, uh, a musical. It's a musical. I would say it's a musical, really, nice. uh, with a vampire and, uh, uh, you know, um, lesbian ballerinas that dance around and... Uh, it's 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 wonderful. Uh, it's a it's a mix of insanity. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Renato Porcelli uh, film, who's the director of The Vampire and the Ballerina, and oh, uh, okay. uh, the director of other films that uh, um, now the name in English it's it's uh, what is it called? Sorry. Uh, Black Magic Rides, for example, oh, yeah. is another Renato Porcelli film, or um, Delirium. Um, I would say Porcelli is a delirious director. Um, um, he is uh, an early Jess Franco. Uh, he's someone that doesn't um, doesn't give you something that is an in between. It's uh, mm. all or nothing, and. Uh, um, I, I would say the vampire of the opera. It's it's all the things you can think of, and you wouldn't expect it in an early sixties film. Uh, that's another interesting aspect of it. There's uh, there's some pretty graphic scenery as a matter of nudity and violence and uh, and the dialogue, uh, which you know uh, it, it feels like it seems like it doesn't really belong to a film that was really made in nineteen sixty one. Um, so pretty early, um, if you think that people thought that uh, Night of the Living Dead was outrageous in 1968, and uh, seven years before you have this monster chaining women to a basement and eating them alive and uh, and uh, possessing them and making love to them, and uh, while there's people playing a musical on top of the crypt, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's it's an interesting watch. Um, I love Bocelli because I think he there's a lot of freedoms. There's a lot of freedom in his film. Uh, yeah. In his films, there's a lot of um, this kind of ingenuity uh, of a young filmmaker that just wants to make horror in Italy. 
And um, that was a bit of an insane choice to be made back then. Mm. Uh, but he did it, and he did it his own way. Um, yeah. And you can you can see that 100% in the film. Sound, you've definitely sold it to me. That sounds like a fun one. I mean, I love the vampire and the ballerina. So yeah, any yeah. Think of the vampire and ballerina on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, so, are you at a, are you in a position to be able to mention any other films that you want to work on in the future, or is that top secret? I'm trying to keep it top secret. Okay. Uh, I can give you a hint. Um, <laughs> so uh, our new uh, volume after those three sixties film, it's going to focus on a filmmaker, and uh, uh, we are confronting a bit of choices at the moment. Okay. Um, There's some uh, really cool filmmakers that you know they're all pretty uh, less. I wouldn't say unknown, but lesser known. Uh, you know, don't expect people like Baba Argento, Fulci, and yeah. the majors of Italian. Sure. I mean, those uh, guys are well taken care of. Exactly. Uh, we're trying to do something uh, that is, uh, uh, you know, people that should be known but are not. Mm. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to go across genres again. 
uh, or from a filmmaker and is going to span in a 20 years time. So we're going to see film of the 60s, we're going to see film of the 80s. Um, mm. And uh, I, yeah, I, I find it, I, I think people will find it interesting because uh, when you are confronting yourself with the same director and his style that, or her style that is evolving through the years, um, you grow with the style watching the film. There's something, there's something that you acquire more than watching just one film by this director. Mm. Um, yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be it. Sorry, I, I cannot give any titles That's at the fine. moment for anything, but um, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a hint there, something. That's very cool. Well, I'm, um, I can. I'm sure you've got lots of uh, lots of ideas, but some of the films that we've covered on the podcast are still very much in need of official releases. So I thought maybe I could hit you with a couple of yeah, potential definitely. titles. <laughs> so um, I mean, you've already mentioned Mario Bava. One of his very early films was The Day the Sky Exploded, or uh, yeah. La Morte Viene dello Spazio. Um, that one is still um, not. I know, available yeah. anywhere um or how about some uh some franco and chicho films have you have you some thought about franco and of... chicho films yeah oh, that's interesting <laughs> that you say that um they they are in, they are funny films definitely um mm. it's it's comedy is not really um my thing personally as a matter of taste but also uh when you delve into italian comedy uh, there's always the chance of um, getting something that is just for an Italian audience. Mm. Um, this is the, the it's a it's a great risk, but of course yeah. you know there's a lot of interesting film out there. Um, there are Italian comedies that are worth rediscovering. Um, yeah. I just need to you know to test the waters, see what people <laughs> think of Italian comedy uh, before going for it. Because we did, um, we did a whole season on Italian sci-fi, and one of my favourite films was another one that doesn't have an official release at the moment from 1981 by Bito Albertini called Escape from Galaxy Three, or which Giochi... I've not seen. Ah, oh, it's amazing, Giochi Erotici nella Terza Galassia, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. But I and it borrows quite a lot of footage from Luigi Cozzi's. Uh, Star, Crash. Star Crash, and uh, just sort of throw, throws in loads of stuff from from Star Crash. It's really funny, but again, I, I don't, I don't I'd know how well it would it. carry. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see it, and uh, you know, yeah. I'm always need. So you know, I'm always uh, in need of suggestions. So, mm. for example, one of the first thing I did on my social media was asking people, "What would you like to see? Yeah. What are films that you have never seen on on Blu-ray or on digital?" Uh, what are films that you want to be uh, taken back to life? And mm. uh, I got quite a lot of responses with that. Oh, good. And uh, uh, so I'm open to people uh, people suggesting new films. I, yeah. I'm really excited when there's something I don't know. Like this film mm. you said, I <laughs> I really want to see it now, especially because uh, I, you know, uh, Star Crash is my guilty pleasure, really. Oh, yeah. You don't. You don't need to feel guilty about Star Crash, <laughs> especially because I, I work with Luigi. Uh, oh wow! Okay, I, I worked with him on a short film um, a couple of years ago, and I okay. was his uh, assistant director. Oh, and, excellent! Uh, it, it's been it's been a lot of you know fun times. 
mm. talking to him about the films he made because uh, yeah, uh, you know, I, I was talking for hours to him about Paganini horror, uh, which mm. is, I, I I love, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and there were a lot of interesting things that he said about you know uh, the filmmaking process on that and Star Crash and, uh, oh, yeah. and Hercules and and a lot of other films. Luigi Cosi is a great guy. I've been to his uh, Profondo Rosso store a few times. Yeah. And I'm actually going back in about a month. Um, oh, nice. to, so I'm hoping to see him again and get some more autographs. But yeah, I love Star Crash. Yeah. And uh, we, we're gonna, I'm going to have a Luigi Cosi mini season on the podcast. Oh, that'd uh, be wonderful. In a couple be of months. Wonderful. Because to show some of his sort of lesser known films that we don't talk about so much, like Paganini Horror. But I'll let I'll let Luigi know because I think he oh, will be uh, you know you'll be overjoyed about this. He yeah. loves when people um, you know talk about his films and, and yeah. carry on what he started with uh, with the sci-fi in Italy. Yeah, no, he's great. We also um, we also talked about some of the Decameratici uh, films, the films that were you know, the sort of sexy comedies that came from the Decameron yeah. trilogy. And uh, we watched some of those on the podcast. And but again, Italian comedy has this sort of reputation as not transferring to English-speaking audiences. Um, it is, but I, uh, I found them absolutely hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I see. But it's it's very <laughs> much like um, I don't know, I don't know how to uh, how to explain it really. Um, it would be like watching uh, an, a typical English uh, TV show comedy mm-hmm. TV show, like Faulty Towers, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, have that translated to an Italian audience. Mm. It's funny. To me, it's hilarious, but I, I live in the UK, and I've been living in the UK for quite a while. I, I know the kind of cultural, you know, comedic aspects of, uh, of that mm. that apply to the English people. And uh, it's the same, you know, it, it's difficult to, to translate for someone that is is not so used to um, to that kind of comedic language, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely uh, there is a lot of uh, yeah the, the Italian sexy comedy and the commedia sexy mm-hmm. um, is um, it's full of films that are not being restored and there yeah. are some magnificent ones. For example, for people who love. Edwidge Fennec, uh, yes. who, yeah, it's she's uh, not only the goddess of Giallo uh, to me, but also the goddess of of the Italian sex, sexy comedy. Absolutely, um, because we we did one of the first one that we did was Ubalda, all naked and warm. Yeah, exactly. Um, which was you know, which is her her movie, and and she's great. She's such a she's such a obviously she's very beautiful, but she's also a natural natural at comedy. She's so good at it. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, that's what's great about these movies is you see all these faces that we know of from Jallo films, like Barbara Boucher turns up in them, and just uh, and obviously the directors, many of them did Jallos and comedies and Poliziotesky films. Yeah, Sergio Martino is a great example. Yeah, uh, he went from uh, great Jallos to great comedies, uh, and mm. uh, kept on switching between the two. Um, yeah. it's something that it's. Um, Describes a bit uh, Italian society to me as well. Okay. You know, this uh, going back and forth between uh, the darkest side and the more funny and uh, and uh, comedic one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Mario Bava is the prime example of this, I mm. think. Uh, Mario Bava horror films are quite funny sometimes. Yeah. And there's a, an element of comedy in, in all of them. Yeah. And um, I remember this quote from Mario Bava re- I, re- I read on an interview uh, where he was asked why um, Italians are not good at making horror films. They were asking this in the, in the early 60s, and he said, because it's too sunny here. Uh, it's always sunny. You need to make horror films in in the UK, you know, and when where it's cloudy and and, and rainy, that that's mm. more. It suits more the vibe. But um, it's that it's the, the the mix of you know going back to the comedies you said and those directors making they made both and they they interchange between the two uh, yeah. very easily. Um, so yeah, comedy. I would like to. I would love to restore some comedies really. I'm going to see what people think. Uh, I need to see if people are going to have a positive reaction to it. I'm mm-hmm. very, very happy. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe those would be more for the uh, Italian domestic market. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> I mean, just look at how many Franco and Ciccio films Lucio Fulci made. He yeah. did loads of those things. Yeah. We we watched one, because uh, there's, there's one called Operazione Luna, where they go to space. Yeah. And again, that doesn't have any kind of official release anywhere. But we managed to get a copy, and it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was very funny. Um, but Franco and Ciccio have this reputation, I think, because of Barber's film about uh, Doctor Goldfoot and the girl yes. bombs, which again is is one of Barber's less uh, well regarded films. And I think Franco and Ciccio are blamed for that. But yeah, you know, uh, I would say. Uh... It, it's an interesting one um, because also uh, I, I think it stars. Uh, is it Vincent Price or Christopher Lee? Yeah, um, the, the, yeah, the Goldfoot one. Yeah, Vincent yeah. Price. which is quite interesting as an Italian mm. comedy. You know, of that time having Vincent Price in it. Mm. Um, it's kind of a weird film uh, for yeah. the Mario Baba. I wouldn't say it's it's a bad film. It's just a, a film that is not his usual. That's why people. Yeah. Um, look a bit down on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they yeah, just want to, want to get uh, straight to the horror. I think when you mentioned Barber, they just want to see gothic horror. Yeah, yeah, history. it's the same as you know, you watch a Fulci and you don't see any eye pop out. Mm-hmm. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's strange. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I could give you, I could give you so many films that I would love to no, see. No, I, I, I would, I would I'm, like to hear. More I won't do it all on the podcast because it'll bore the uh, the listeners, but. I'm a big fan of Antonio Margariti as well. Yeah. And there are lots of his films that have not been restored or released uh, that I think w- would be worthy candidates as well. Yeah, I, I would say one of our ideas is bring back two Margariti films. Ooh. I'm not going to say anything more. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> well, in that case, if I could put in a word for nude simore. Yeah. Uh, Naked You Die. That's uh, that's high on my list of films that we need, and I'm partly je- I'm partly biased because I'm friends with the star of the movie, yeah, um, Sally Smith. Oh. So I'd love to, I'd love to see that film get restored for her, if nothing else. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> but Antonio Margheriti, uh, such an interesting director. Um, mm. Love the um, very Hollywood like style of his films, mm-hmm. but Still, not American films, very Italian films with mm. a Hollywood touch to it. Yeah. Um, did a lot of films, 
made a lot of films. Uh, as you said, mostly most of them still to be recovered, really, mm. from obscurity. Um, yeah, definitely one of the most interesting directors out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Margariti is going to be, in, in this sense of rediscovery, uh, the new Dario Argento. Oh, good. Um, like in the, the near future, because uh, we basically consumed all their Argento films now and all the Fulci's. Uh, we, we need to find somebody. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. And like uh, that. that's good. Yeah. As I said, you know, that's, that's our mission, really. It's uh, uh, okay. the, the bringing back from obscurity. That's what our logo stands for, stands for as well. You have this skeleton hand emerging from the darkness of the ground. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's I was going to mention know, that. Something that wants to uh, come back to life. Yeah. It's a very uh, cool logo. Oh, thank so, you. W- what is the best way for people to find out more about what you're doing? So uh, our Facebook page and our Instagram uh, page, um, they have constant updates on what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, once the Blu-rays are available, we are going to be on Amazon and uh, uh, hopefully with some other resellers as well, uh, international resellers. Um, another thing that it's worth saying is that I want to bring those films back uh, where cinema belongs, which is the movie theater. Mm. Uh, so uh, the you know the rights we have for those films include uh, VOD for streaming and also include theatrical releases, oh, uh, nice. which is what I'm mostly interested in. Mm. I'm trying to arrange something in Bristol. So for for everyone that is from Bristol, I would say you know come along. Uh, I'd like to have uh, an event night uh, in which we are showing The Sex of Angels, restored in 4K, talk about the films, hopefully have some guests talking about it. Uh, And uh, I want to do this across the UK. So not only the Blu-ray, which uh, they're going to have a lot of extras, they're going to have a lot of interesting insights into the film, uh, and of course, a beautiful new version of it, and uh, um, the edition. I'm pretty happy with it. is is coming is coming together really well. Uh, but also, you know, come along to the theaters and uh, and watch film in a theater, uh, which is a shared experience. is the It's the best mm. way of seeing it. Great. So that's um, so sort of film festivals and things like that where we, we could see. Some of these movies? Uh, we are um, talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly now, private theaters, but okay. also film festivals. Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, nothing is fixed in stone, mm-hmm. setting stone right now. Uh, but it's a, it's a route that we are going to uh, go through, definitely, as well. Great. That's really cool. Um, just before we finish, and this is perhaps just more for me than anyone else, but just tell me a little bit about Lake Garda. Lake Garda. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Lake Garda. I grew up around this area, which is this beautiful area between Milan and Verona, um, really, on the, uh, the, the west uh, coast of Lake Garda, really, the west side of Lake Garda. Uh, I love it here. Uh, it's it's uh, the nature is amazing. You have a beautiful sun, um, which I miss a lot when in the UK. I have to say, <laughs> I I come here to regain my vitamin D, mm. uh, and um, yeah, really recommend really recommend you coming here. Uh, it's it's a it's a wonderful place, and 
many people don't know this, but there's a lot of very famous Italian actors and actresses that live around here. Um, for example, if you know Fabio Testi from mm -hmm. uh, the Poliziotteschi or the Giallo, like uh, whatever you done to Solange, um, he lives in Pesquera, which is a, a five minutes drive from where I am. Nice. Uh, you got Erica Blank from uh, Kill Baby Kill. Um, she lives in my town. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's a lot of you know Giallo Giallo people around here, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, for this reason as well, I would say I am uh, also considering in the future, this is for the future, but it's something that it's been going on for a while because I would like to bring uh, some local Jalo cinema of the past uh, back here uh, mm. and do something that I wouldn't call it a festival, but it resembles a festival uh, around the lake. And mm. uh, I think I think people would enjoy it. Oh man, I will be as soon as you announce that I'll be booking my ticket. I'll oh, come. that's great! That's great. Thank that you. That would be amazing. Well, look, thanks, Elia. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us, and good luck with uh, with Malombra Films, and especially with the Sex and Angels campaign. We will uh, look forward to seeing what happens next. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, bye bye. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.